Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Uh, man, that psalm really hit me. Um, not only because my doppelganger is singing it so beautifully. Uh, <laughs> I just felt like, all right, let's hear it again. Just that, the, the, the refrain, Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. I just felt like, like I want to be like, Lord, this is the people. This is the people that longs to see your face. There's something so like Marian in that. Like if at our baptism... So I was just thinking about it. Like if at our baptism, we are inserted into the mystical womb of the church, which is Mary's mystical womb. If we spend our lives as Christians growing and forming in the womb of Mary, right? We're growing, we're forming, we're being formed into Christ. That's what a Christian is. Someone who starts in her womb, grows in her womb, and we're birthed into eternity. Like it makes sense that like this life is a life where we're just kind of groping in darkness. The womb... I mean, I don't, really, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it's a pretty dark place, right? Where there's like some sensory deprivation, right? Like that's, that's this life, that's this Christian life. Lord, we long to see your face. We long to see your face. We're being formed in the womb. That's what this world is. It's the womb. We're in the womb. It's so good to be in the womb. All right. That's a freebie. I, that was just all during the psalm. All right, here we go. So, solemnity of all the saints, of all saints. This is the celebration of all the little fiats. Not the cars, the people. All the little fiats. All the little fiats. Every saint is a, their own expression, their own articulation, re-articulation of the one great fiat that was ever spoken, right? Mary, who gave her fiat mihi, right? Be it done unto me according to thy word. Every saint in their own way issued, uttered their own fiat. That's what today's solemnity is. It's not meant to be, when I was praying with this image earlier, uh, when I was praying with this, just the readings earlier today, I was thinking that, uh, this solemnity is not like the liturgical, uh, like, um, fireworks display, right? I'm like, yeah. Okay, so stay with me, right? So, like, the, 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 this past 4th of July, I was with uh, friends of mine. They got a bunch of little kids. And uh, to, to see the fireworks in town, we went up to this, what we call the train bridge. It's this bridge that goes over uh, train tracks. And uh, you get a good view of where the fireworks go off. And I had Frank sitting on one side of my lap and Clara sitting on the other side of my lap. Frank just turned five. Clara is going to be three in December. Anyway, so I was teaching them how to watch fireworks, right? So we're sitting there with fireworks go off. And I said, so what you say, ooh, and they're like, ooh, right? So like, ooh, give me an ooh, right? Next one, ah, and then you say, so shimmery. So I had this four-year-old and this three-year-old sitting on my lap. Ooh, ah, so shimmery over and over again, right? It was so cute. It was wonderful. It was like a half hour of that. I just loved it. But that's not what this solemnity is. That's not what the solemnity is meant to be. It's not like, let's look at all the saints. We go, ooh, ah, so holy, right? We're just like sitting back. It's like, man, you guys are so great. You're so great. You're up there. We're down here. You're amazing. Like the, the hymn that we just sang, right? The, the entrance hymn. There, there's, there's, there's lines in some of these hymns that I just like, I don't know. I just get uncomfortable with them, right? The O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, right? Like we're just, like it just gives this impression that we're just like Ugh, just down here, like oh woe is me, and they're up there like 
like, I don't know, like Olympic gods, right? Just like glowing, shining in glory. Ooh, ah, so shimmery, right? That's not, what this, that's not what's going on here. They're not up there looking down on us going like, whoo, we're so glad to not be on earth anymore. Like those poor suckers, they're just still, look at them feebly struggling, right? Those losers out on Black Rock, right? <laughs> Drinking all their chocolate milk. All right. But we've got like dinner also in like 40 minutes. I'm like still stuffed from lunch. Anybody else? I, anyway, anyway. Just being stuffed. It's so good. All right. So what's going on in this solemnity? I, I love, I love the, the imagery that we get in other parts of the scriptures, not necessarily that come from the scriptures that the, the lectionary gave us. But St. Paul, when he talks about heaven and the, the idea of the vast cloud of witnesses, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The image that he uses was, would have been an image that was very familiar to those in the Greco-Roman world, which is an image very familiar to us in the modern world, but that of a stadium, that of a stadium. And the saints, the, the great cloud of witnesses are like, as he says, like fans in the stands. And like, you don't go to a sporting event just to simply just sit there quietly. You go to a sporting event to change, to affect the outcome on the field, right? They're not there in the stands to be like, oh, those suckers, like, oh, look, look at that terrible play, Right? They're in the stands cheering us on. Like, they're not shouting, try harder. That's not what they're shouting. They're not shouting, try harder, pray harder, do another Hail Mary, right? That's not what they're doing. They're, if, they're, if they're shouting anything, I love picturing like Therese Lassoux, like, you know, like painted face, big foam finger. Like, she's going, say yes to him. Say yes to him. Let him see let him know. Show it all to him. Let him love you. That's what they're shouting. If they're shouting. That's what they're shouting. This is a solemnity of the spousal love of Christ for his church. Christopher, what's that paragraph? The entire Christian life bears the mark of the spousal love of Christ for the church and the catechism. Putting you on the spot. 16, 17. Say it. 1617. Well, like the master paragraph, the, the key that unlocks all of it. It unlocks all of it. And this solemnity is like one of the greatest articulations of that truth. This solemnity is not the fireworks show. It's the ramifications of what happens when souls say yes. It's the playing out of the spousal mystery in the lives of people. It's the love of the bridegroom for the, fi- for love of the, bridegroom for the bride. It's Ephesians 5 being played out, right? Jesus in Ephesians 5, we hear like he seeks to wash the bride with the word, making her without blemish, right? Immaculate, without blemish. Immacula, without blemish. That that's what Jesus is doing. He wants, to, he wants his bride to be immaculate, to be immaculate, to be without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. And he accomplished it, right? Where is Mary? Is she here? Right there, right? What he accomplished first in Our Lady, he accomplishes in time in all of his saints, in us, that she is the immaculate one. We are the immaculatized. The immaculatized. She's immaculatizing. Pope Benedict made up words. I can make up words. We are being immaculatized. We are being made holy, being made without blemish, either in this life or in purgatory. Right? That's, stay tuned for you know, tomorrow's homily, All Souls Day. But that's, like, that's the point of purgatory. It's the being immaculatized. So she is, Mary is the, the, the personal face of the church, right? She's the personification of the church. The church was first organized in her before it was hierarchically present in Peter. She is 
The church existed from the first moment of the Annunciation in her. She is the church. She is the Immaculate One. And the saints who we celebrate today, they're all individual members of the body of Christ, right? So like when John, in this first reading we have from Revelation, right? Revelation, revelatio, apocalypsis, unveiling. That's what these words mean, right? Pulling back the veil. When the veil is pulled back in heaven, what does John see? But who does John see? He sees the bride. He sees the bride. He sees it and he describes it as a vast multitude, the great multitude. He sees the bride. And what are they wearing? White garments. White garments. White garments. I, as I was praying with this earlier today, you know, like, full disclosure, I don't tend to watch, like, fashion shows, okay? Just full disclosure. You might not know that about me, but... You know, like when people are walking the red carpet, right? And they get interviewed by someone and like the question is not, what are you wearing? But who, who are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing Gucci or I don't even know anything, right? Like Versace, I'm wearing Versace, right? If you ask the saints, who are you wearing? I'm wearing Jesus. I'm wearing the blood of the lamb. I'm clothed in the blood of the lamb, right? This great multitude is clothed in white. They're wearing the blood of the Lamb. Remember, it's, uh, it's, we don't hear it in this cycle B of readings, but from Matthew's Gospel in chapter 22, at this point in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus has been giving lots of parables about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And, and chapter 22, Jesus gives what I think is the, like, his, his least ambiguous parable. It, it's like he gets to the point where he's like, all right, um, okay, so the kingdom of heaven is like... A king who threw a wedding feast for his son. For his son. And he invited everybody. Like, are you with me? You dumb humans. Right now, he's like, this is what I'm talking about. They're like, you were talking about seeds and leaven and fish. And can you, spe can you spell it out? He's like, okay, it's like a wedding feast where the king threw a wedding feast for his son, right? All the guests are invited. My hall must be filled, the king says. My hall must be filled. At the end of that parable, the, uh, the problem with one of the guests was he was there without the wedding garment. The wedding garment. You need the wedding garment. How did, how in, for the multitude who gets into the king's hall, how did they get their wedding garments washed white? John tells us it was washed in the blood of the lamb washed in the blood of the lamb which is a very odd detergent <laughs> doesn't seem like that should work but it does because the blood is not just simply the blood the blood is not simply the blood this is 2b2 so we can go there because this is our faith this is the this is the beauty this is the gold the lamb's blood that gushed forth from the lanced and open side of Christ as he hung in the sleep of death on the cross is not just his blood. It's not just the blood and water. It is, as we all know from, from TOB1, it's the spiritual seminal fluid flowing out of the bridegroom. We started our course with that image of 500 million Sperm. So with great reverence, let's just stay there for a second. The spiritual seminal fluid, right? That it's the deepest stuff 
of the bridegroom. It's the stuff that bears his life. It's the, the very vehicle which bears his life into another. That's what it is. And that's what came rushing out of Jesus's heart. His life, his mercy, the life-giving flow. So then who are the saints? They're the ones who have allowed themselves to be pierced, to be penetrated, to be impregnated with the love of the bridegroom, which comes about, as we heard this morning, in vulnerability. In vulnerability. When vulnerability meets vulnerability, it begets life. When the wounded one meets us in our openness, it begets life. When the bride opens to the bridegroom, it begets life. The saints are the ones who've allowed his blood, who've allowed his life to impregnate the deepest parts of their hearts because our hearts are not just hearts because the blood is not just blood. Our hearts are wombs. The womb, my sister's in your body, the womb is an icon of the heart. It's, it's an organ that exists in you, but not for you. It's a place in you that's meant to house and welcome another. That's why woman is the archetype of all humanity. Right, because she is the, she's the one who says that I'm meant to have another living inside of me. Which is why you can make sense of St. Paul saying things like, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Those, are the, those words, are, they only make sense, really, when a pregnant woman says that. Like, I've got another person living inside of me. Either that person's pregnant, or they're insane. <laughs> right? But St. Paul, just as every Christian, just like every saint, is saying, oh, I am, the word is inside of me and living in me. He's in me. He's in me. Our hearts are wombs that are meant to be filled and impregnated with divine life. And I, like, I know that you're, you're like, still be too, you're with me. But there's, is there not a part of our hearts, right? Maybe there isn't, but maybe there is a part of our hearts it says, well, this is just a lot. This is just a lot. This is just a lot. This is, some, this is some serious imagery. Like, can I go back to just like Buddy Jesus kicking a soccer ball on a poster where he just tells me to be nice? Like, can't that be the Christianity? Where he just says, just be good. Don't kill anybody, right? No. It's too late. This is, you know it now, right? <laughs> you know it now. You're too far in. <laughs> There is no other Christianity. There is no other Christianity. Which is also why evangelization today is so hard because like, because the enemy has so twisted all of this, all of the earthly icons the Lord has given us, it takes so much time to untwist them so that people can be like, whoa, wait, this is what's being proposed? Yeah, this is what's being proposed. It's so much more than kicking a soccer ball with buddy Jesus, right? There is no other Christianity. There's no other destination. Like, it's... It's impregnation of you, the womb of your heart with that divine seed. So the saints that, who are in glory that we celebrate today, they give us hope. This is a feast of hope because sanctification is not a self-driven like, effort, right? Holiness, right? We heard of that quote in the, in the book today, sanctification, holiness, is measured according to the great mystery in which the bride responds with the gift of love to the gift of the bridegroom. Holiness, all saints, sanctification, 
Everything that we're looking for, the whole process of growing in holiness, flourishing, becoming who God made us to be, the satisfaction of our hearts, all of that, all that, is the work of opening, like the flower that opens the petals before the sun. What we contribute is active receptivity. That's it. That's it. Now, that's why it's, it's so hopeful, right? This is a feast of hope because the stuff that the saints were made of is the same stuff that we're made of. Passion, longing, stories filled with woundedness, betrayal, brokenness, hurt, addiction. Like, the saints are pro- proclaiming to us, we're not special. We're not made of, like, like really good stuff and you just happen to be made of the mud, right? Like we're made of the same stuff. Our stories are the same. Our stories are the same, which is so hopeful. It's so hopeful. We can be loved in our woundedness. We can be loved in our brokenness. We can be immaculatized. We can be, we can be drawn into beauty itself. That's another part of this feast that's so hopeful that not only are we like, not only are we drawn and attracted to beauty, but it's actually true that we will like one day become united with beauty himself. Like C.S. Lewis talks about it in his homily, The Weight of Glory, where he says, we not only want to see beauty, to taste beauty, to behold beauty, we want it to pass into us. Like I look at sunsets or sunrises or the smells of fall, and I just like, I want to eat that. I want to be united with that. I remember thinking as like a little boy on vacation watching sunsets and actually having the thought, I wish I could eat that. That's not just because I was a husky child. I just want to eat everything. Augustus Gloop. But because like we, I, we know that we're made to be united with beauty. Like, and, the, and the crazy thing of the saints is they say, you will be. You will be. You will be. You will be. This is a solemnity of hope because they show us, the saints show us, that the only limiting principle in all of this is is us. Like Jesus is saying, how far do you want to go? How far do you want to go? Bill, when he was telling us that his daughter wants to be uh, Sister Moana one day, (laughs) this morning, I uh, I was suddenly hearing all the lyrics from Moana in my head in my heart and that song right like there's no telling how far I'll go like Jesus is whispering to us with like a smile and like a like a glint in his eye like how far do you want to go like how deep do you want to go like a picture of Simon Peter on the boat when Jesus says put out into the deep and he's lowering the nets and the rope is going through his hand through his hand and he knows for every foot that it goes out, he's got to haul it up all that much. And I see Peter just sitting there with the, with the rope, and it's just going down and down and further and further. And he's probably thinking, like, like stop here? Should I, like, tie it off? And Jesus is just like, let it go. Put it out into the deep. Keep letting it sink. How deep do you want it to go? Friends, I just know that, like, there are rooms in our hearts, there's places in our hearts, there's places in our lives. We're like, yeah, like... He can go here, but just not here. I just, I can't articulate it from that place. Or I just can't be that honest. To be that honest is insane. He's Jesus after all. I can't actually use those words, tell him those images, actually express those desires. I can't be that honest, right? 
He's Jesus. He's like, how deep do you want to go? How far do you want to go? Because he's like, I will go all the way. I will go all the way. I will go all the way. Friends, on this solemnity, this spousal solemnity, the saints, if they could whisper anything to us, they would just be whispering, it's worth it. 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 You can trust him. It's worth it. Ah, the solemnity gives us hope. That our hearts aren't stupid for wanting to eat the sun. Because one day we will. Amen.